Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. Terrible things happen. Treasured things break. If you're like me, you get tumbled and the worst of you is on full display. And then you turn back to yourself. You ask for help. You ask for forgiveness. You ask for a second chance. You get up and keep living. More than anything, you forgive yourself. Shauna Nequist, I guess I haven't learned that yet. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and this week I'm back talking to my mom about books for readers with PG-13 tastes. It's been a hectic week at The Bookshelf, and there is so much more fun to come this holiday season. If you're long distance and can't visit us in person, or if you're a local listener who wants to know what we're up to in the store, you can catch up with the store's adventures and happenings by following us on Instagram at bookshelfteville. It's where you'll find out about upcoming events like our holiday shopping preview and holiday open house, and it's where you'll see really fun reels with Keela dressed up as a ghost, for example. We post plenty of behind-the-scenes pictures and remind customers of updates like new book and merch releases, discounts, and more. Just go to Instagram and follow the bookshelf at bookshelftville. Hi, Mom. Hi, Annie Sue. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. So glad to be here. (laughs) Uh, It has been a minute. Yeah. You were last on the show in May. You're a very popular guest. Well, how about that? (laughs) Um, No pressure, but people are always wanting more. They really want... very kind. They want more Susie, and that's great, but we're also people, and we only read so many books. You know what I'm saying? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I do know what you, as I scrambled along trying to think about what have I read. Yes, so we last did one of these episodes back in May. You can find, of course, back episodes of From the Front Porch through our feed. But Mom comes on the show. I guess I should tell your name is Susie. I yes. feel like I should introduce you to those who might be new listeners. So Everybody this, just knows I'm Annie Sue Butterworth's mom. Annie, <laughs> Annie Sue Butterworth Jones. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so this is my mom. She helps our staffer Nancy and they rotate picking books for our PG PG13 shelf subscription. We really think that's more PG13, I think. Probably. Um but maybe books for more sensitive readers, although sometimes you balk at the name sensitive reader. And so we've kind of <laughs> toyed around with how best to describe that. But for readers who have I don't know, certain things that they're maybe cautious about right. or picky about or what is the term? What term would you use to describe I don't yourself? Know. I've thought about that. And I, do, I know we've talked about PG and PG-13 doesn't sound very good, but sadly, that's what we kind of equate with less sex, less violence. Right. Less, less language. language. Yeah. It's the best rating we could kind of come up with. So yeah. mom reads PG, PG-13 books, and a lot of our customers and listener bases also read kind of books like that. And so that is what our shelf subscription for sensitive readers is designed for. Yeah. Um, so you can be a Susie or Nancy subscriber, and they rotate and alternate, I guess alternate, each month picking a book. So what have you been reading? Tell me one. Okay. Well, the first book I read 
was one that you recommended when oh. we were chatting in May oh. called Left on 10th, okay. which was by... Um, Nora Ephron's Nora. sister. Yes. Delia. And it was so good. Did you like it? I loved it. Good. Oh. I loved it. I mean, it was sad. Yes. But it was family. Yes. And it was, I don't know, life in New York. Yeah. It was very, I loved it. And friendship. Like, I yes. thought that book was a lot about her familial relationships and her own. It was just interesting as a Nora Ephron fan to read that book. And to see that for her, Nora was her sister. Yes. And the way Nora handled illness. Her illness was was different. different. And so I really liked that kind of sister dynamic. And I also really liked like the newfound love, the, you know, she didn't, she was there to help her sister through her illness. Right. She did not have her sister to help her. Exactly. And so she wound up relying on a really lovely group of friends. I liked that book a lot, but I'm glad you did too. I did love it. And I did love knowing about people in her building that paid attention to her as yes. she, her health declined. And, yes. And then her newfound love, it was, it was sweet. It was, yeah. I loved it. Oh, good. I really liked that book a lot. And I think that's a good point for sometimes when we say for sensitive readers, what that can sound like is, I don't know, maybe readers who require trigger warnings or things like that, which I think is totally valid. But when we say that to describe you, it's not 100% true because Left on 10th was sad and, yes. and dealt with grief and death and cancer and difficult yeah. diagnoses. But that doesn't really, does that bother you as a reader? Well, I thought it would. Yeah. I actually said, oh, Annie, I don't know <laughs> if this is for me, but it's real life. Yeah. And I, I guess I just loved her bravery, her her real diligence in discovering what she had and yeah. what she could do about it to live. Yeah, her proactiveness. Yes. It was um, it was just a really good book. And you like stories of hope and redemption, yes. and that was a hopeful book. Yes, it was. That, it sounds like it was super sad. Yeah. But hey, it turned out yes. really great. Yeah. In the end, it did turn out uh, to have a happier ending. Oh, I'm so glad. I forgot I recommended that to you. Ashley yes. and I both read that and really liked it. And I did. I loved it. And I want to say about language and things, Some, t- I mean, look, real life stories sometimes have some language in it. Yes. What I don't like is just vomiting out bad words for <laughs> yeah. just for the sake for of, the sake of it and the shock value and so forth. And I'm not around people who talk like that. And right. so I don't choose to spend my time reading. Right. But if there is a little small amount of language because it something in real life has occurred and made yeah. you sometimes at your wits end or whatever, I don't put a book down because it has a bad word in it. I just right. don't choose to buy them that are filled with. That's fair. And that re- actually reminds me of um, some issues our local library is currently facing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the books that has come to the attention of some local citizens is a book called The Glass Castle. Okay. And I don't know if you read that no. book, um, but it's interesting to me that that is a book. It's a backlist title, so it's mm-hmm. quite, it's yeah. older. Um, it was made into a movie a few years ago, and that book is fantastic. That book is a memoir, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to me. It's also a book for adults, so it's interesting to me. What I have some questions as to why it has captured the attention currently mm-hmm. of of so many folks, but that is a case. And I honestly, I love that book. I do not remember language or anything like that. But what I do know is her life was hard. Mm-hmm. The book is written by Jeanette Walls. She um, talks really 
openly with love about her family, but also acknowledging almost in, you did read Educated, yes, almost in that kind of way, just about how she was raised and some of the things she faced. Again, I cannot remember language in that book, but mm-hmm. my point is that's a tough book because that was a tough real life existence. Exactly. Like, I, like, I don't know what people want to be protected from. Right. <laughs> I would think about Dear Edward. Yes. I read that yeah. in one day. It yeah. had some language in it. Yeah. Because the plane was crashing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so I'm yeah. like, okay, I can handle that because right. that is, right. sadly, it is part of our real life. You yeah. can't ignore it everywhere. That's right. But I can make choices on what television I watch, right. what books I read. And if it's part of the story right. and a fear factor enters or something yes. like that, I'm not going to put the book down right. because of that. Yeah. And um, I think so, that's a good, a good kind of explanation or caveat. Yeah. So, okay, you read Left on 10th. What yeah. else have you been reading? Okay, well, this book is called Things That Matter. Okay. I, bring, I should tell everybody I bring my brown bag. <laughs> she does. We Brown bag <laughs> won't mean anything to anyone else. <laughs> we used to have, growing up in the church I attended growing up, there was a preacher, preacher. who would bring his brown bag yes. full of um, fun props. That's it, right. it was always very exciting. He was adorable. <laughs> when, we loved him. When he would preach. But so mom has brought her brown I bag. You can't him. see it, but it's all of, <laughs> it's of all the books she read this time. Okay, so yes. Things That Matter. Okay, things that matter. I won this book. You won it? I won it. Look, it's autographed to Susie, Your Life Matters. Oh, Your Life Does Matter. By Joshua Becker. Okay, tell okay, me well, about it. you know that I also love, and I can't help myself, I love self-improvement. Oh, I love you do. organizational. This is a minimalist book. You really are Sally Albright from When Harry Met we Sally. We just watched When Harry Met Sally in the Mountains mm-hmm. because it was fall and we were full of fall leaves and snow and it was delightful. Yes. And Dad just kept looking over at me. Yeah. yeah. She loves personal growth. There's yes. Some, or, well, actually, at that time, Harry is reading. There's someone looking at you in personal growth. Um, yeah, and that's kind of how you order food. And- it is. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you try to be nice about yes. it. <laughs> I wonder if I'm that person that thinks they're low maintenance, but... Mm. But I would think I'm less high maintenance than Sally. But Oh, yeah. You've mellowed. Uh, it's my age. Yeah, you've yeah. mellowed. She probably did, too. Okay. So, so Things, things that, that Matter is a wonderful book if you are struggling with too much. Well, I won't say CRAP now since that <laughs> might not be PG, but... You want to protect the listeners. Sure. Okay. So if you're dealing with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it can be all kinds of stuff. It can be mental stuff. It can be physical stuff. But a lot of it is about physical stuff. He has a a podcast and I think uh, he wrote the book, The Minimalist. Oh, okay. Um, I think that was the other book he wrote. And it's a great, did I learn anything super brand new in it? If y'all could see my real-life bookshelf, you would see that I've read a bajillion of these kind of books, <laughs> and I still love them. Yeah. And I still, because there's always new things, but so did, can I say, ooh, I learned so many new things? Probably not, but can I say, oh my goodness, this reminds me, hey, you mm. ought to go through such and such closet. Mm. You ought to go through this, because your kids probably won't want that stuff. Okay, so this is literally about, like, physical things that matter. Like, what are we talking about? Like, getting rid of stuff? It's about digitally detoxing. It's about filling your head too much with caring too much about what Twitter says or what and Instagram. And even though, you know, that's what he's on Instagram, but I love it. (laughs) But it's about 
all of it. Okay. Your past mistakes, your past, it's about hoarding, it's about okay. living a life that's more simple. Okay. That's and appealing. more, yes. And I think, honestly, we all need the reminder mm-hmm. because we're kind of walking through life in mm-hmm. a fog most of the time. Especially now. Especially right now. We want to come out of the fog, but we're not out of the fog yet. Yeah. And so I think that this is just a really good book for anybody who's struggling with maybe it'd be a great New Year's book. Oh, okay. Yeah. It'd be a great book to start your January out with okay. and to just free yourself from distractions. Okay. Because I think we are very distracted. Yeah. No, so, that's good. And that leads into hoarding and too much stuff. And anyway, he's trying to help us have a more meaningful life. Okay. I okay. like that. That was good. So you, so some nonfiction you've really been that's right. delving into. You're going to have to help me remember some of these as well because okay. I've been out of town and I'm just getting back into town. I read Bloomsbury Girls. Oh, yeah. I know that I loved this book. I know that you did. So this is the author who wrote The Jane Austen Society, which, did you read that book? I think I did. I want to say I passed that on to you. I liked that book a lot. I um, loved this book. And so this is Natalie Jenner's new book called The Bloomsbury Girls. Is it about a publishing company slash bookstore? Oh World War? I think it's in World War II. Okay. And they're, t- okay, it's coming back to me. Okay. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and they're saving a bookstore. That's right. There's a bookstore that's mail run, mm-hmm. and it is stayed in the mail run fashion. Well, uh, guess what? All the men have gone off to war and the women are having to pick up the slack. That's right. Thank you. It's coming back to me. Okay, this good. is such a great book. Yeah. Yes, you should get this book for, it's a wonderful, kind of fun yeah. book about women who come together and try to save this bookstore that's just been run the same way mm-hmm. it's always been. It's never changed its look. And then the twist at the end that comes. Are you going to spoil it? No, I can't tell it. Okay. <laughs> but it's wonderful because in the end, it looks like they're not making any headway at all. Uh-huh. But in the end, they do. So this is fascinating to me because I do think it's, I do, oh gosh, I hesitate to say, but I think it is loosely based on a real it might store. Oh, you got a signed, signed copy. Too? It's look, two signed copies. Oh. And I say that because the Jane Austen Society was loosely based historical fiction on a group of people. It's funny that you said like people coming together to save something. That must be what um, Natalie Jenner really likes writing about because yeah. Jane Austen Society was about this group of people who came together to preserve Jane Austen's home right. and legacy. And that really did happen. Yes. Like that enabled that house to stay. You can go visit it. Whereas we in America, you know, tore down Harper Lee's home. It's fine. I'm not bitter about it at all. So yeah, I think this is British. Yes. So I love, I think it, I think it is loosely based because there is a Bloomsbury publishing arm. And I do think it is loosely based in historical record. We would have known. We would have known that. And I apologize. Mom is one of those people. And there are people like you. The nester. The nester. Blame it on the nesta. <laughs> the nester. There well, are people who take covers off of their books. Because the, the, they're so pretty colors. I don't think it's just, I think it's the nester. I think it's you. I also think it's moms with young children because yeah. their kids are taking the covers off their books. Yeah. So no, there is no shade here. This is a judgment-free zone, but um, this is what happens when you don't have the covers on your books. That's anymore. right. Because I think we would have really known that. <laughs> and I loved that book. And if you want to read a really fun, interesting 
I love anything. I'm really into British things, too. And I do like that it's a little bit of a twist on the World War II story. It is. Um, like, it, it, because we get a lot, rightly so, right? It's a it's a season ripe, rife with storytelling. Is that the right yeah. phrase? Um, but sometimes it feels like, wow, that's a lot of content. And it can feel very similar. And mm-hmm. I like that that is telling a different kind of story just at the same period in time. Exactly. Yeah. And it's... I highly recommend it. It's very PG. You'll love it. Trust me. I like that author. I think it's a good rec. Thank you. (laughs) Gold star. (laughs) So the next book on my list is Shauna Nequist. I guess I haven't learned that yet. Well, Annie, you introduced me to Shauna years ago. You're welcome. Years ago, um, Tangerine. Cold Tangerines. Cold Tangerines. I have all of her books now. I was about to say, looking at it on my shelf right now. I have all of them. What's your favorite? Um... Bread and Wine, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name of it. Yeah. Um, hospita- She's just lovely mm-hmm. about hospitality. Well, this is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I remember calling you when I started this. You did. And I hate to say this because at first I was like, nah, I just can't. You're, I, I wasn't getting into it because I thought it just might be a repetitive. So this is so funny to me. I had a friend of mine who I, so I read this book as an ARC, and I've said this before, when you read a book as an ARC, you're kind of reading in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know what anybody else mm-hmm. thinks. Um, so like, if you hate it, you feel very alone in that hate. If you love it, you feel alone in loving it. So I, re- I read this book and loved it, mm-hmm. but no one had read it yet, or no one I was talking to had read it yet. A friend of mine, so then it came out, right? So yep. then it released, and I was seeing, you know, good reviews, but also um, people who were just promoting, right? right. You, I, I wasn't sure about readers who were just reading it. I was just seeing people promoting it. Anyway, so a friend of mine also picked it up, and she came over, and she was like, I just don't know. And I thought, oh, dear. Like, I really loved that mm-hmm. book. Um, and then you also called. And then I kid you not, my friend, probably two weeks later, texted me and was like, wow, that was might be my favorite Sean Nyquist book ever. And then you did the same thing. Did the same thing. So that's so funny. I think it's bread and wine. I still think that's probably my favorite because it's so much about hospitality. And but I started out slow. It's not a big book. It's not. And look at all my torn pages. I've just got a bajillion. You know what you do? You tear yours, but you don't. This is not helpful to the people on the podcast. But you tear yours, but you don't. Fold them. Fold them. Yes. And so how can you see them? I know. Sometimes I fold them and sometimes I don't. But that is an interesting choice. But yes. tearing them at all is not, people don't like that. I know. But again, <laughs> we I've do. been influenced. <laughs> By me. <laughs> and sometimes when you don't have your highlighter, you yes. just want to do that. Yeah. No, that's And it's it. my book. It's so. actually a Sean and Equist trick. I'm oh, pretty really? sure. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that she did that. Well, I, the reason I fell in love with this book is because it's different from her other books. Because it is. her life took a total yes. turnaround. Yeah. And she's living in New York. Yeah. And I loved, even though, you know, I'm not a big city girl, mm-hmm. I loved reading her accounts yeah. of big city life. How funny that her. you read that and left on 10th. Yeah. That you read them both. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I just love her. I think in person, mm-hmm. we would just sit at her feet and just... yeah. I be in awe. Gosh, I'm trying to think if this is my favorite Sean and Equus book. I also really liked Bread and Wine. Yeah. And it's been a while since I've revisited those first books, Cold Tangerine. I Tangerine's. think this would be my second. But this one, I think I just loved, I was interested to see how she was going to handle the kind of upheaval that had yes. taken place in her family's life and in her personal life. And I really appreciate how she is so cautious 
with her story and her mm-hmm. people's stories. And I respect that yeah, so much. I do too. I think it's hard to do. Um, yes, in her shoes, yeah, that is really hard to do. But I think what surprised me about this book and that and what I really liked was I have I love big city life. I yeah. I think I would really love that, but I don't know. I've never really experienced it. I just think I would love it. But it was very comforting to me to know that the choices you make when you're 30, because all of her books early on were so much about loving Michigan, mm-hmm. loving where she was from, loving obviously her parents, her family, exactly. her close-knit supper clubs and book clubs. And not everybody's life looks like that. And not everybody's life looks that full to the brim right. with community. And there were some times where I thought, well, that's not what my story looks like. And it's not even fully what her story looks like anymore. That's right. And I think I found it really comforting to see, oh, so this is what a life can look like when sometimes our life changes. And hers changed big time. And what you pick at 30 Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be what your life looks like at 50. That's right. Or what you pick at 20 doesn't have to be what it looks like at 30. So I just like that reminder yeah. that like she, and she may not live in New York forever. Right. Um, but she lives in New York for now. Mm-hmm. And for her right now, it sounds like a really redemptive season that she is yes. living. And something that her family, her kids and her husband really needed. Yes. And um, I, f- I don't know. I found that really this was encouraging. Her, this was her... Without her family, yes. this is predominantly, my husband wants to do this and we're going to do this. Yes. And so this is a lot about the two of them and their kids. Yes. And I like that. the whole big family. Yes. And so it was defining. Yes. Now, I still, I was looking through her books that she, and I did love Present Over Perfect as well because I just like that phrase. I know. And I DNF'd that book. I did not finish that book. Ew. I know. I know. <laughs> I loved that book because, but that's no surprise that I would. Yeah. That is no surprise. But I still think this would be my second favorite book of hers. It's filled with all kinds. I'm so glad. Of great quotes, great and lessons. I, I think it's cool that I can love that book at 36. I know Mary Catherine, who used to work at the bookshelf, she mm-hmm. loved that book and she's in her early 20s. Mm-hmm. And then that you in your 60s. Are you tell my age? I said in your 60s. Okay. We don't age shame here. Uh, in your 60s, that you also loved it. I, that's and I right. think that's really the power of a good book. Like, it meets you right where you are, regardless of the season you're in. I think that's I think that's very true. You're so smart. <laughs> okay, what's another book you Okay, read? my next book was my shelf subscription. Was it the shelf subscription? I don't know when it was Gosh. for, because I read them so out of I order. know, let me think. I think this was your September shelf subscription. Okay, and I read it in July. okay. I hope my shelf subscriber people loved it. Um, We got very good feedback on this book. Tell the name. The name of the book is The Two Lives of Sarah. Well, also, the cover is gorgeous. The cover is really beautiful. The cover is gorgeous. And here it is. (laughs) She's showing it to the microphone. Preschool teacher, here's the cover of the book. It was so good. This is by Catherine Adele West, who wrote a book called Saving Ruby King that we did pretty well with. I have not read that book, but I do think I would like it, and I think you probably would too. So what was this one about? This one is about Sarah gets um, moved to Memphis. Okay. And she goes to, I think it's Big Mama's or Mama Sugar's house because she has to have a place to live. She has left, oh, where was she from? I can't remember, but she's left her other life to come here to try to start over. She came from Chicago. Yeah, big city. I knew it was a big city. And she... Mama Sugar's, you're right. Mama Sugar. 
and she comes to live at the house, mm-hmm. which is like a boarding house. Mm-hmm. And she comes to work for Mama Sugar, mm-hmm. who has who is a wealth of resources. Yes. I love this so much because we need books that remind us that we are not very far away. We've said this before. Yeah, we say this a lot. We say this a lot, but we're not far removed from the South and the... The Jim Crow era, I think is specific. Because wasn't this book, is this book in the 60s, question mark? It is. It's about that era because that's coming along. Some of the civil rights movement is coming along. Okay, so Sarah then is displaced. She moves from Chicago to Memphis. Was it about the culture shock of that? It was about the culture shock and about a lot about the life, the Southern mm-hmm. life in a Black community Yeah, of um, Orange Mound, I think is the name of the community in Memphis, Okay, which I remember when Chet worked for a summer in Memphis, yeah. that we went through that neighborhood. So yeah. that really resonated so you could with place me it. because I was like, oh, hey, yeah. I've been there. Yeah, it was fun. like the first, forgive me if I get a couple of things wrong in this. You'll have to read the book to find out if I'm wrong. <laughs> but I, it was really interesting that that community was being formed then as a Black community. Okay, yes. Okay. And so that was like a big deal. Yes. And... Life within that community is just very fascinating mm. to read. And it's hard times. Yeah. It was very hard times. But Sarah, a lot of things happen in her life and a lot of positive, good things happen. And then tragedy strikes and mm. it's just really good. It was a very good read. I like that it's not too long either. It, looks, it wasn't it too long. And it was, um, I think people, if you haven't bought that book, and you weren't a shelf subscriber. I think you would love it. Yeah, we got good feedback. Uh, several shelf subscribers commented on enjoying it. And it's that very book. PG. Yeah. Okay. You'll good. Be fine. Okay. The next book is interesting. Okay. Ongoing. This is a book you recommended Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. <gasps> Did you finish it? I'm not finished yet because okay. I want to say this. <laughs> this is a hard book. It is. This book is part nature book. Mm-hmm. This book is part poetic. This book is part Bible. Mm. spiritual. Yeah. Totally. It is everything. So you don't, unless you're you, <laughs> you don't fly through this book. No, you don't. You're right. And you shouldn't fly through no, this book. No, I did not fly through this book. So I am still reading this book. Okay. I pick it up and I read. Mm-hmm. And every time I pick it up, I read it for like a big spurt. Yeah. And then I get into a shelf subscription or whatever else that distracts me. But it is so beautifully written Kind of like Janice Ray. Yes. Okay. Totally. If yep. you like Janice Ray, which we, we love, all do. you will think that you are in the woods. Mm-hmm. If you are in Chicago yeah. or in New York City, yeah. if you were to want to read this book, you will think you are in the middle of nowhere, yeah. in the middle of the woods, and you will feel every single thing that's going you will hear the sounds i think it'll make you i think it'll make you pay attention wherever you are that was my point yeah every time i pick it up i'm like oh my gosh yeah how many little cocoons have i walked by i was about to say it makes me notice this is gross but like all the spiders in my home like i'll be like oh those are spiders in the living in my corner of my shower i'll come over and help (laughs) um (laughs) 
But you just, yeah, you just kind of pay attention. If you're reading that book, it makes you, I think that book makes you pay attention. That's what I think. That's what I wanted to say about that book. It really calls you into the present moment. Yeah. Be paying attention because if you are not paying attention, you're missing missing so much, whether you're out in the woods or whether you're in your backyard. Yes. You are missing a lot if you don't notice where you step. Yeah. Notice all the sounds and the smells and the So that book is ongoing. Okay. And I love it. I book. bought it and gave it to Chet. Yes. Because I felt like he would love he it. Will, yeah, if he hasn't read it yet. And what happens is, is you pour into it at first. Yes. What's her name? Annie, Annie Dillard. Dillard. Mm-hmm. You pour into it at first and then you get distracted or whatever. And then you might need to just think on what all you've read and then you come back to it. So loved that book. Okay. Now, I haven't read as many books this year as I'm off on my book reading this year, but my next one is my latest shelf subscription, which I cannot tell about too much. And you can skip forward if you need to, but this was mom's shelf subscription for November. We Are the Light. Yep. By Matthew Quick. By Matthew Quick, who wrote Silver Linings Playbook, which I have not read, nor have I seen. (laughs) So, but I'm going to be honest, there weren't a lot of choices for November. No, November was a tough month. But I read this in one sitting. Yeah. And I don't, re- I don't do that very often. No, you texted me, and the subject matter of this one made you hesitate, I it think. It made me very About your shelf, for shelf subscriptions. For shelf Not for your own reading taste, but for shelf subscriptions. But when you read it in a day, mm-hmm. or in a, one sitting, and my thing is, if you love it, probably a sensitive reader is also going to love it. I'm, well, uh, well sen- let me just say this about this book especially. Sensitive reading doesn't mean you bury your head in the sand. That's right. Okay. Yeah. PG thirteen doesn't mean you bury your head in the sand. I mean, we've talked about this before. It doesn't yes. mean you're all hallmarky. Right. All hallmark all the time. And I do love hallmark, but <laughs> I'm not hallmarky all the time. Right. And so this takes a page right out of our very sad, mm-hmm. right out of our current events. Yes. It could be right out of last you, week, this week, any day, any day. What about a mass you, shooting? Okay. About a mass. So shooting. it happens in this small town. Mm-hmm. And this is a really, y'all, this is a unique book. Mm-hmm. That's why you liked it, I think. Because this is a, this is dialogue mm-hmm. with his therapist. Okay. And it's a, let me, I'm not going to say this right, Jungian therapist. therapist. Okay. So yeah, that yeah, was new know. to me. Okay. And I had to look it up and kind of read a little bit about that type of therapy. And I can't tell too much about it because there's such a big twist, but I'll bet if you're, reading it like me, I figured it out mm-hmm. before it. I oh, really good. came to it. Okay. So I kind of figured out, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and so you're going to be, but it's so poignant and touching about this particular man who was the hero. Okay. He's the hero of the town, mm-hmm. and he forms this very unlikely friendship, mentorship. He was a teacher and a mentor okay. to this boy who is the brother of the shooter. Oh, okay. Wow. And they're in a small town. Yeah. Like, think majestic theater kind of thing, you know, where you... Or the town I live in. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Or Or literally the town I live in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's uniquely written because it's written, like he's writing letters to his therapist. Oh, like an epistolary kind of thing. Okay. Okay. And so he's waiting for feedback from his therapist all the time because he's got to... 
He doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to handle it all. Yeah, and how to handle the grief and then the pressure but, of being the hero. Because he has a lot of grief. The whole town loses right. a lot of people because I think it actually happens in the theater. Okay. Okay, so the reason I thought, oh, no, I don't want to read anything like this is because it's ripped right out of our headlines. Right, we're living it. <laughs> but then again, I'm so glad I did read it because there is redemption. Mm-hmm. There is uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. We are the light. Okay. We can be the light. Okay. And you can restore. Mm. Will anything ever be the same? Mm. We'll always have the scars, yeah. but we can be restored okay. and to go the next mile. Mm-hmm. So I really, I hope everybody likes this. It is a little bit different, mm-hmm. but um, if I read a book without stopping in one right. sentence, that is pretty odd for me, and it means I liked it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I'm glad you okay, did it. So that's my November shelf subscription. Okay. And now, next on my list was an ARC okay. that I read, The Secret Life of Albert Entwistle. Oh, that uh, had a really cute cover. It was such an adorable cover. Little postman in oh, probably the 40s, maybe 50s Okay, in Britain. Oh, fun. Yes. So um, works with a, <laughs> in a teeny tiny little post office filled okay. with whole lot of quirky characters. Okay. Okay. Well, Albert, as you get into the book, Albert recalls mm-hmm. a romantic relationship with another man from school. I'm another okay. boy. Okay. And it was this one brief, like I want to say it was maybe like the end of high school okay. encounter. Okay. All right. Now, Albert is retiring. Okay. From the post office. From the post office. He's forced into retirement, and he has hidden who he uh, is his entire life. He has okay. hidden that he is a gay man okay. his whole life. Uh-huh. He's taken care of parents. He's been busy. He's And he's just pushed down who he is okay. all of his life. Well, as he's forced into retirement, and he's alone, completely alone, these memories, these very sweet for him memories mm-hmm. are coming back of this young man okay. that he loved. Okay, like his lost love almost. It was his one and only love. Yeah, okay. And he's reminiscing about that. Okay. And so... Then he begins to share a little wee bit about himself with his very interesting neighbor. Okay. Who's a young woman, a single mom. She begins to try to help him navigate the, the, was it the internet coming in? Yeah, because he's remembering. That's right. So he's reminiscing about this one that probably Summer took place in the 50s. Because I know they missed it, an empty bunker. Okay. So, okay. and then now she's going to help him with the internet and okay. searching. And so he begins to search for oh, okay. his, this long, long, and his, he was so opposite of Albert. Okay. He was very gregarious, mm-hmm. very fun. He did not hide who he is. Okay. He did not hide his personality. Oh, okay. It was so good for Albert. So that was a. Um, Are there romantic comedy elements? Like, does it feel like a rom com? No. Okay. No, okay. it's too sad. Okay. For that. <laughs> okay. It's too sad because he spent his whole life. Okay. It almost sounds like, I don't know if you read this, but I'm just trying to, you know, bookseller brain. I'm like, okay, what does this sound like? It sounds a little bit like Eleanor Oliphant. Did you ever read oh, Eleanor no, Oliphant? I didn't. Okay. I actually think you would but like I that book. I remember that. But there's like this whole genre of quirky characters. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like this whole genre, I mm-hmm. feel like, of quirky people lit. Mm-hmm. And this sounds like it might be in that vein where Albert obviously is maybe quirky himself, but really his cast of characters he's surrounded by, it, they're quirky. And they're also very, and they all have their own 
problems oh, and their own. Okay, maybe Eleanor Oliphant meets the Gunkle. I don't know if you read the Gunkle. Oh, no, but I do. But yes. I bet it's maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, so I, that was a different kind of book for me, but yeah. I really, and you just like Albert. Yeah, Albert grows on And you. you just kind of root for him to find some happiness. Yeah. So anyway, okay. cute book. Okay, that sounds good. I'm and so that. my next book, this is when I slow down. This time of year. Yeah. Yeah. Normally I wouldn't, but I've been gone a lot. And I think we all, Olivia and I were talking about that. I just feel like it's hard this time of year. Yeah. And so this is uh, Carrie Winfrey's. You recommended this to me. Just another love song. Breezed right through it. Love it. Love it. I probably would. I bet I've read other ones by her, maybe. Did you read Waiting for Tom Hanks? No, because... Or, oh, you're right. I think I told you. You told me. I I know. Okay, that was a mistake. I think you would like it. I loved this one. Okay. This one um, is like a second chance love story. It almost reminded me a little bit of Gilmore Girls, in a way, because it's got that small town. (laughs) Yes. And I've been rewatching that recently, so... Um, I like Carrie Winfrey. I do think you should go back and read some of her other books okay, now. Okay, because I really book. did love this. I thought the protagonists were too young. I wasn't sure you would enjoy them, but that was wrong of me. You would. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, you should go back and read her others. Because I, I breezed through this. This was so, you didn't want to put it down. I mean, you just yeah. want to find out what happens next. It's really cute. And it's not like a suspense, want to find out what happens next. Yeah. You just love everybody. Yeah. You want to keep reading about them. So this was really good. Okay. I do think you'd like her. Okay, now talk. Whoops, I'm bending over. <laughs> talk about quirky characters. Okay, yes. Okay, this Iona Iverson's Rules for Commuting. So cute. Would I like this? I think yes, it looks like a book. But I'd I tell like. you books you would love, and then you well, preciousness. You don't have time. <laughs> But this was so cute. Didn't you? Okay. I love this book. I loved all the people. Didn't you read her other book, The Authenticity Project? Mm-mm. You did. Did I? I think you did. How long ago? I don't know. A couple years ago. Pandemic-y times. Oh, maybe so. If you didn't, remember Caroline, not the current Caroline at the bookshelf, but the Caroline who used to work at the yes. bookshelf? She read The Authenticity Project. And may, if you did not read it. She read it and said, your mom would love this. Aw. So I can't remember now which it was. But, okay, tell me about this one. Okay, well, this book is about this woman mm-hmm. who is, uh, they're on this, these group of people are on the same train. Okay. And so, for commuting, mm-hmm. because it's in the title. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody chokes on a grape. <laughs> and he's not a likable person. Okay. But... Then another person comes and saves his life. Okay. And then they all become connected to each other. And they all become intertwined within their um, relationships. Now, Iona is a writer for a magazine. She's older. Okay. I feel for her because we have so much to offer. (laughs) (laughs) And she, but she's being kind of, downplayed at oh, okay. her business or her magazine and, now. like, pushed out a and little? And they think she's irrelevant. Oh, okay. And they think her advice and everything is irrelevant. Okay. Well, now she's meeting up with all these young people, all these commuters. Before you know it, everybody's wanting to sit in her train because they overhear her giving uh, advice. Oh, okay. This does sound... So like they overhear like. her giving advice to people, mm-hmm. and you just start rooting for every different individual mm-hmm. on the train Aww. and all that they've got going on in their lives. And 
it's it's poor Iona. There's some hard parts for her. Yeah. It's not always easy and it doesn't, but there's one of the girls that she meets helps her become like they think she ought to be have a podcast or have a okay. you know so they think she ought could be doing so much more and she has so many great ideas but they're all ready to push her out of the magazine yeah and of course some of these young people are thinking magazine magazine oh, you could right. be so much more right and, okay uh, but then oh my support <laughs> leaves my mom my mom has emotional support <laughs> leaves in this book pressed my leaves in this That's book what on I our did. trip. That's fun. And so, um, anyway, I oh, love this. I kind of hated for it to end. Oh, that's fun. Because you would love it. And you could probably read it in no time. You know, it's so funny. I forgot that you bought that because you bought that at the bookshelf before going mm-hmm. on your trip. And somebody on Instagram just posted a review of that maybe and loved it. And I wondered if I would like it. You would love it because okay. you love quirky characters and you love um I do. Relationships that yeah. are, I don't know, dysfunctional. <laughs> I do. I do. It <laughs> came from such a non-dysfunctional Oh, uh, who knows? Sometimes I listen to the podcast and I'm like, where what in the world are people thinking? <laughs> where, well, everybody's dysfunctional in their own way. Well, that's yes. All I'll say I about know. that. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's a good list. And yeah. you know what I like? It was a very good mixture of fiction and nonfiction. It was. You do a good time. job with that. Thank I feel you. like. I feel like you read a nice range. Thank you. Thanks, Mom. This week, What I Am Reading is brought to you by Visit Thomasville. Everyone loves fall in Thomasville, Georgia. When it's time to get away, our small town has exactly what you need. Find romance, explore historical sites, dine out, shop, and make time to relax and unwind. There's no better getaway than a Thomasville getaway. This is the week in Thomasville where I feel like we're kicking off the holiday season. So as I'm recording this podcast episode, we just finished welcoming Sean Dietrich, Sean of the South, to the Thomasville Center for the Arts. This Friday, it will have already happened when you listen to this, but it's first Friday in Thomasville. We're doing soup night at the bookshelf. And all of these things, in my mind, kind of are gearing us up for Christmas in Thomasville. As I was leaving work today... The city workers were hanging lights in the trees. Maybe I'm a little sad because the tree outside the bookshelf is no longer, and I'm a little depressed, but it's fine. Um, But all throughout downtown Thomasville, they're hanging up the Christmas lights. They're getting ready for Christmas in Thomasville. Mom, do you love Christmas in Thomasville? I absolutely love Christmas in Thomasville. I just was thinking about, to me, it's these first few weeks of November, the big kickoff as I've said on this podcast before, to me is Holiday Open House, which is the Sunday before Thanksgiving. It's a great time to come for the weekend, to get your hotel room, stay at the local Marriott. And then all of the shops in Thomasville and many of the restaurants are normally closed on Sundays. Mm -hmm. It's a small town thing. But this particular Sunday, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we are open, downtown businesses are open, restaurants are open. And as much as I love like Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, there is something really small town and lovely about like this kickoff to the holiday season. All, I'm I'm pretty sure all the stores at that point are decorated Mm -hmm. for Christmas. We are decorating Mm -hmm. next week at the bookshelf and getting ready for Christmas. And so by the time November 20th rolls around, it feels very festive downtown. And frequently you can, if it's not cooler, it does feel... It looks like a Hallmark movie. It does, right? I'm, if you want to get that vibe, that feel, yeah. If they threw in some fake snow here, right? <laughs> you would look just like all the lights in all the trees up and down. And I yeah. am sorry, your tree fell I this am year. So sorry about it. 
But maybe next year you'll have a new baby, a baby tree. tree. But it is magical is the word I was going to use. Yeah, it's magical. It really is. You feel like you're walking in a snow globe with no snow. That's so funny that you say that because I am on the Victorian Christmas Committee, and that is the phrase is that people try to use like. It feels like a snow globe, but there's just well, no snow. So good job. To call me. Mom, you should be in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are trying to plan a visit to Thomasville for the holiday season, I think these last few weeks of November, the last couple weeks of November are a great time to come. Maybe you come for Thanksgiving or maybe you bring your family. Maybe you're not too far. Maybe you're in Tampa or in Atlanta or Montgomery, Alabama, and you want to make a weekend trip. It's such a quick drive. Mm-hmm. Jordan and I went to Auburn, Alabama, a few weeks ago. And it's really not far from some of those cities. So if you, especially our regional listener, Thomasville would be a great day trip or weekend trip as you begin shopping for the holiday season. And always shop small wherever you are. That's right. This week, I'm reading Saturday Night at the Lakeside Supper Club by J. Ryan Stradle. Mom, what are you reading? I'm reading the brand new Laura Denton book, which might have been Nancy's shelf. Was it was. It Nancy's shelf subscription, mm-hmm. A Place to Land. And I am choosing my January oh, um, boy. shelf subscription. Okay. And I've got two books, and I saw Kate loved one of them. Oh, good. So I'm feeling kind of good about that. Good. And they both have cute covers. Oh, good. So that is your hint to buy a Susie and Nancy shelf subscription for Christmas. Yes. Give it as a gift this holiday season. Thank you again to our sponsor, Visit Thomasville. To find out more about how you can visit Thomasville this holiday season, go to thomasvillega.com. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelfteville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Studio D Podcast Production for production of From the Front Porch and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Our executive producers of today's episode are Donna Hetchler, Cammie Tidwell, Chantal Carl, Nicole Marcy, Wendy Jenkins, Lori Johnson, Kate Johnston Tucker. Thank you all for your support of From the Front Porch. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make the show even better and reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see write a review and tell us what you think. Or if you're so inclined, you can support us over on Patreon, where we have three levels of support, Front Porch Friends, Book Club Companions, and Bookshelf Benefactors. Each level has an amazing number of benefits like bonus content, access to live events, discounts, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.